Hey, it's Leah. Before we start this episode, I just wanted to tell you about this other show called Stuff the British Stole. It's from CBC Podcast and Australia Radio National, and it's got all the story elements I love. It's got colonial theft. It's got museums denying that theft. It's got intrigue. It's got jokes by Australians. Join host Mark Fresnel as he picks one artifact and takes you on the wild, evocative, sometimes funny, and often tragic adventure of how it got to where it is today. Check it out on the same thing that you're listening to this on or on CBC Listen. This is a CBC Podcast. This is the Secret Life of Canada Crash Course. Just a little bit of history. So we are close to the end of Indigenous History Month, which means that Canada Day is upon us. So I thought, why not look into a bit of lore around how Canada got its name? It's kind of funny how Canada Day ends Indigenous History Month. Seems appropriate somehow. Anyway. So what is this lore that you speak of? Well, when it comes to the name Canada, there's a lot out there. So there's this one story that I came across that um, early Europeans that came here wanted to call this place, this land, that already had plenty of names, Ifasiga, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. Um, <laughs> honestly, I don't know if that's how you'd say it. It's an acronym, um, and okay. it's made up of the words England, France, Ireland, Scotland, Germany, and Aborigines. Oh, that's nice that they added... Uh... The A in there at the end. Uh, um, yeah. That's that's a bad name. That's a bad hey, name. I'm glad uh, whoever passed on it. I know. I feel like good. they could have, like, shuffled the letters around more to make it a little bit, you know, like maybe fees. Fisaja. Fisaja. <laughs> yes. I know. But you know England wants to go first all the time. Anyway. This would have been a bad name. This would have been a bad idea. And there are many theories floating around about the naming of of the country before it was even a country. People have suggested that it's actually derived from the Spanish Senada. The translation means nothing here. Senada or Asenada was apparently what Spaniards wrote about this land in the 1500s when they arrived and didn't find any gold or silver. The legend is that when the Spanish finally left after a year, First Nations people were relieved. And so when they saw new French people coming over, different settlers, um, they tried to get them to leave by saying, (laughs) say nada, say nada, (laughs) over and over again. Um, It didn't work. Uh, The French people thought it was the name of the entire landmass instead, you know, a landmass full of millions of people. And that is one story. But who knows if it's true? I've never heard that story, but it's um, it's something. Yeah. So Sanada uh, just kind of turned to Kanada and then yeah, Canada. Okay, yeah. I see That's that. one story. That's one story. But there's this other story that has been adopted by many, including the government of Canada, that Canada comes from the word Kanada. Okay, yes, I have heard this. This is that story about how First Nations people met French quote-unquote explorer Jacques Cartier and he misinterpreted the word Canada for Canada. There's this old heritage minute. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, you see Cartier and his men walking through the woods and then First Nations guys walk through the woods and they see each other and then a chief says to Cartier. Canada <laughs> 
and What's he saying, Father? Commandant Cartier, he's saying this nation's name is Canada. 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 Oh, yeah. that's a classic. It is. It's real. It's a real banger of a heritage minute. <laughs> but so in it, they they're translating the chief's words as "come to the village." The word Canada, meaning village, and at the end, they bring Cartier down to their homes. Ooh, that ending is a doozy. It really feels like that moment in a movie where you can see that something terrible is about to happen, and you just want to scream, <laughs> yeah. "Don't do it! Do not!" Take these people into your homes. Like, yeah, the, the explorer is calling from inside the house. He's inside <laughs> yeah. the village. Um, but, you know, what all of this writing on, you know, on this, on the name Canada agrees, is that it happened because of a translation mistake. Right. Well, that's not a huge reveal that the word Canada is derived from a First Nations language. But, but which language exactly? Well, everything that I found was confusing. Um, Leah, can you read a bit from what the government of Canada's website says? The name Canada likely comes from the Huron-Iroquois word Kanada, meaning village or settlement. In 1535, two Aboriginal youths told French explorer Jacques Cartier about the route to Kanada. They were actually referring to the village of Stadacona, the site of present-day city of Quebec. Okay. Okay. So two Aboriginal Utes spoke here on Iroquois. That's very vague, <laughs> Government of Canada. Also, haven't the terms Iroquois and Huron and Aboriginal fallen out of use? Cough, cough, Government of Canada website. Oh, yeah, Time that is a, yeah, that is a dusty website for sure. <laughs> um, and, you know, these they're not the preferred terms um, mm. anymore. Many Haudenosaunee people don't like being called Iroquois. Uh, many of us prefer to use our language to identify ourselves. And Huron isn't as commonplace as it used to be. Um, and Aboriginal is also out of fashion. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this has to do with undoing colonialism and putting our names in our language again. So you may come across some of this old terminology, but that's because dismantling these outdated systems, it takes time. But I think we're getting there. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we are if the government of Canada listens to this episode and goes, oh my gosh, Jerry, you haven't updated the the <laughs> website in 25 years. Let's Let's go into the back end there and Roll around. I mean, uh, hopefully that happens. But but yeah, I, I have seen and really heard some big changes even in the last few years when it comes to names. For sure. And, you know, so many places in Canada, like Canada, have their names rooted in Indigenous languages, places like Winnipeg, Toronto and Saanich on the West Coast. But lately, there's been a big push to reframe place names in Canada back into their original Indigenous place names um, and to remember where some of those names come from. Yeah, I, it makes me think about how there are a lot of major streets in Toronto um, that have original, you know, Indigenous names. And uh, one is Ish Spadina, and that was anglicized into Spadina, which is a right. big, long yes. street here. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it went from um, its original Anishinaabe Moan name, which means place on a hill, to Spadina. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that you can still hear that original word, you know, through the Anglicized. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, you know, a lot of this renaming work, um, especially in Toronto, has been 
taken on by Hayden King and Suzanne Blight. Um, but I was also looking at this really fantastic article um, by Christina Gray and Daniel Ruck. They put it together for the Yellowhead Institute, um, and we will link to that. They do really great work there. It's yes. Yeah. So I thought, you know, in the spirit of Indigenous History Month and getting to know the real history of place names in Canada, we could visit a couple of places that are reclaiming Indigenous place names. Great. So settlers, sometimes surveyors, usually surveyors, um, they renamed things to make it easier for themselves to say or sometimes after a place in Europe that they missed or wanted to pay respect to. Uh, one surveyor, Otto Klautz, renamed a bunch of places in southern Manitoba after his kids, his pets, and he even went on to name some mountains in British Columbia after himself. Okay, Otto, really, really taken up a lot of... Uh names there. Um, yeah. And, you know, that that's like Banff. Banff was named after a surveyor mm -hmm. who was naming it after a place in, in Scotland. Um, often when settlers renamed stuff in North America, they were really effectively erasing Indigenous presence mm -hmm. and transforming that landscape into their own, a settler landscape. But more and more, we're seeing things like EU of EU Ishti, a Cree community in Quebec, and they're doing extensive work to reclaim Cree place names. Um, they have a database now with around 20,000 names in their territory. Wow, 20,000. That's very exciting. On the West Coast, the Nishka Final Agreement changed 34 place names back into the Nishka language. Huh. There's also this amazing Squamish atlas that lets the user click on different landmarks, waterways, and islands that links to the original name and gives great facts. Okay, well, that sounds very wonderful. So we're going to link to that, too. Yeah. Um, so we can yeah. all click on the original name of things. Yeah. So it, it really does feel like there is a shift and, and that things are changing. I mean, it does. And it makes me feel optimistic to see all these naming and mapping initiatives. It, you know, it makes me think of this quote that I came across by Bernard Nietzscheman, a geographer. And the quote goes, more Indigenous territory has been claimed by maps than by guns, and more Indigenous territory can be reclaimed and defended by maps than by guns. Hmm. So, you know, I, I think we can get back to the original names. And, you know, for me, thinking about those names and learning about that history, well, you know, Canada Day is a difficult day. But I think what hmm. I'm going to do on Canada Day is just reflect, maybe go on some of these websites, click around and learn a little bit more about the land. Mm -hmm. I, I will join you and I will also be trying to calm my dog down who hates fireworks. Those, those are the things I'm going to focus on. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.